You're the God of Wonders. Praise the Lord and welcome to the God of Wonders radio program. Today's message was first heard at Teen Challenge in Brooklyn, New York. And the message is entitled, Jesus, My Problem Solver. In part one of the message by Kerba Stephen, we learn how the Lord Jesus was called into a particular situation at a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee from John chapter 2. Praise the Lord. It's a great joy to be here in your midst and I thank God for giving me the opportunity and for giving us all the opportunity to be together in God's presence because we're here for only one reason because Jesus Christ is here and we're here to see him we're here to hear from him we're here to listen to him and we're here to obey him we don't want to be forgetful hearers, right? We don't want to hear something and say that, okay, it was good, it was something new, mm-hmm. or maybe it makes me feel good, mm-hmm. or I have a little bit of peace, and just walk away. We don't want that. I will never be the same again. Amen. That should be written in our hearts if we have an encounter with Jesus. That's what we're going to have this morning, Amen. an encounter with Jesus. If we willingly say, Lord, I want to have an encounter with you. We say, Lord Jesus, I want to have an encounter. How many of us want to have a true encounter with Jesus? We all want to have a true encounter with Jesus. And Jesus Christ, he never disappoints his people. When he says, where two or three are gathered together in his name, and there he says, and he's here. Only one thing he's looking for is, how desperate are we? How desperate are we looking for him? Do I really want to see him? Do I really mean business with God? Do I really mean from the bottom of my heart and say, Lord, I need a change? Do I really say, Lord, it's enough? Do I really say, Lord, I really come to terms with you? Lord, I have read the brochure and I have read your terms and conditions. Only one thing that God is asking, you know what it is? He says, Come unto me, all ye that are laden with heavy burden. Give to me your burden, and I'm going to give you something light. The exchange that God gives is very light in comparison to what we already carry. And Jesus says, you know what, give me that. He's not going to just let us walk away free. Otherwise, we'll go without balance. We need something on our shoulder to keep us straight and to walk properly. That's the yoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. The yoke that he gives to us will put us in proper balance. Right now, without his yoke, when we carry the yoke of Satan, we don't have proper balance. We are like this. We are walking with heavy burden. We are not able to stand straight. But the yoke of the Lord Jesus Christ will take that burden off. And he straightens us fine. And he says, now carry this. Walk straight like a prince. Walk straight. Like a princess. You know why? You are yoked together with who? With the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is carrying most of the burden. We're just going with him. Going wherever he goes. That is the privilege. Isn't that a privilege that God has given us? Anywhere we go, people try to use us. Try to exploit us. Try to take maximum out of us. You know what, what the Lord Jesus does? He says, you come to me. I will give you rivers of living water. You come to me. I will quench your thirst. You come to me. Taste and see how good I am. God is the Lord who offers. Who offers. And God's word says, 
those who are godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Mm -hmm. But when you compare that persecution with the glory that awaits, this is so tiny and that is so big. This is huge. This doesn't mean that it's not big, but you compare this with this. The suffering that Jesus went through, it was real suffering. He went through beatings. He went through crown of thorns. He went through nails. Steel went through his side. He went through all kinds of, you know, most cruel death one can have, an innocent person. But, you know, even Jesus says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the affliction. And that affliction is considered light affliction. Even though that's real affliction, it's still light affliction when you compare with the dividend that you're going to get. So we always keep that in mind. We say, Lord, whatever path you have for me, I'm going to willingly say, Lord, hold my hand. Because I know who I believe. If you have a proper view about who God is, then you will trust yourself into his hands. That is what we actually need to have. Who this Jesus is? Jesus is not Mahatma Gandhi. Jesus is not Buddha. Jesus is not Confucius. Jesus is not Muhammad. Jesus is not any human being. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. But the Lord of heaven and earth who loves us and who cares for us. Who hears our sigh. Can you believe that? Sometimes we can be in a corner of the room. We can feel so down. And we can think, nobody knows me. Nobody is aware of how I feel. Right there, the Spirit of the Lord will say, I see you, my son. I see you, my daughter. I know your thoughts. I can count how many seconds per minute how fast your thoughts are raising, how your heart is beating. I know all of those. And that Jesus Christ wants to speak to us this morning. And let's turn to John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. It's going to be brief, but the main thing is we need to be able to digest it. And so that's what we're going to look at. It's a story that we all know. God a lot of times speaks to us from something that we already know. So we can better understand. So let's read it. John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. And I'm reading from the NIV version. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. In fourth verse, Jesus is speaking. He's saying, Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. Now verse 5, his mother speaking, she says, His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Verse 7, Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Verse 8, Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants that drew the water, they knew that. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. And this was the first miracle that Jesus did. And he says, because of this miracle, he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, we see two things over here. One is, 
Jesus was invited to the wedding. Number two is, Jesus was invited into a situation. We have two different things. One is, the Lord of heaven and earth was invited to a wedding, to a place, to a location. And then, in that location, there's a problem. And he's been invited to solve the problem. We have all been invited to one place. We're all here. And we have invited Jesus Christ to be here this morning, and he's here. Now, we all have different kinds of problems. The question is, are we willing to invite him into our life to solve our problems? We can either say, I'm going to try to solve myself. I'm going to try and try and try and try. Maybe try one more time before I faint and fall. Then maybe I'll go to Jesus. Or we say, like how Mary did, the moment she knew that there was a shortage, she went to Jesus. Because she knew that he was God in flesh right there, and he could do something about it. She had that faith. Now, if we have that faith and we are here, the Lord is promising you that he's going to do something for you this morning. And this is a promise from the Lord. He says, if you believe, you shall see the glory of God. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how bland it may look, no matter how empty it may look, God says, I'm here to fill it. I'm here to change it. I'm here to renew it. Whatever our circumstances. So in your life, if you say, Lord, I have the problem. I have a problem with temper. And I'm not able to control it. Lord, I gave up drugs. Lord, I gave up this. But this temper, I'm not able to. I'm constantly getting irritated. I'm snapping frequently. You know what the Lord says? Bring it to me. Bring it to me. See what I can do for you. Only one thing the Lord will require from you is go fill the jar. Whatever the Lord tells us, you need to learn to obey. Obedience is the first step in following the Lord Jesus Christ. When we say, Lord, I will listen and I will obey, the Lord says, you will see the miracle. Listening plus obeying equals miracle. There's no miracle without listening and obeying. We can be good listeners and not people who obey equals zero. We can be good listeners and people who obey equals miracle. Just put that as a formula in your life. I will listen and I will obey and I will expect a miracle from the Lord. Because God is a God who confirms his word through signs and wonders. He will always back his word up. If he tells you something to do and you do it, he will show up. He will show up. He will show up in your life in a powerful way. That habit that you feel, Lord, I'm not able to get rid of it, the Lord says, don't worry about it. That is my problem. Turning the water into wine is my problem. Even producing new wine is my problem. I'm all able, leave it up to me. That's why I'm God and you are not. That's what Jesus says. But what do you do now? Right now, there's no wine. You have all these guests over here, no wine. What are you going to do? You're going to sit around and say, Lord, there's no wine, there's no wine, there's no wine. What can I do? Even at this hour, if I go and buy wine, it's not going to be sufficient. It's going to get much longer. It's going to be delayed. All the guests are going to be gone. All those things are there. Similarly, in your life, you feel, Lord, I tried X, I tried Y, I tried Z, I tried this. Some of you think in your heart, Lord, I have done memorizing scriptures. Lord, I have done um, fasting too sometimes. Lord, I have done 
um, worshipping, I've done this, I've done that. I'm not able to get rid of the bad thoughts I'm getting in my mind. You know what? The Spirit of the Lord will renew your mind. The Holy Spirit will renew your mind. That which you cannot do, He will renew your mind. But you give yourself to God. Wholeheartedly say, Lord, I consecrate my spirit, soul, body, and mind to you and to you alone. I will not rent it for a second to Satan. When we make a deal with the Lord and say, Lord, I belong to you 100% to you and to you alone, then the Lord says, now I can work with you. Amen. And that's what God is looking for. 100% consecrated, faithful people. Not talented, not skillful. We have a lot of talented people. We have lots of skillful people. But not too many obedient people. Not too many faithful people. That's what God is looking for. When we say, Lord, I want to serve you and serve you alone, then the Lord says, come. Come. I'm looking for Moses. I'm looking for Isaiah's. I'm looking for Jeremiah's. I'm looking for Joshua's. God is looking for faithful people who say, Lord, I want to bear your yoke, Lord. I want to shoulder with you, Lord. What a privilege is that? That is a great privilege, right? To be co-laborers with Jesus Christ. That's such a big privilege. To bear the yoke that Jesus is bearing on one side. He's bearing the weight of the whole world. We're bearing tiny portion, tiny portion, tiny portion, tiny portion. What a privilege. Such a privilege that God has given us. All we need to do is show our shoulder to him. Instead of resisting, saying, Lord, this is my shoulder. I'm not going to give it to you. Until it really hurts and say, Lord, come fix it. We go to the Lord and say, Lord, willingly I'm going to give it to you. Because I know who you are. When this shoulder goes into the hands of the Lord, that shoulder becomes a dynamic shoulder. You know that? It's no longer an ordinary shoulder. When you show your shoulder to the Lord for Him to place that yoke on you, it's not a burdensome yoke. It's an anointed yoke. Please write us, contact at elbim.org for the email. And on the web, www.elbim.org or write us via regular mail, El Bethel International Ministries, Post Office Box 966, Goshen, New York, 10924. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.